Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thanks. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for taking that down. I was about this far from throwing up, so... (laughs) Uh. And to prevent you from putting it back up, uh, let's put up Hebrews 11. <laughs> um, no, I. Um, it, it's funny because uh, I am. Um, I'm going to share the message that I was going to share a handful of weeks ago, which is uh, ironically about healing. Um, it seems like last. Instead, the Holy Spirit just did a uh, practical demonstration. For those of you who weren't here, uh, uh, what was it, four four weeks ago or so, three or four weeks, um, we we just had a service where just the presence of the Holy Spirit just showed up in such a way, and we just just felt released to start praying for the sick, and we had just so many testimonies in just that moment of people being healed, and um, and it, it was interesting because it it reminded me again of what I was what I was about to talk about, and it reinforced even some of well, my own personal journey has been with with this subject, and so for for those of you who are uh, new or haven't heard me speak before, just to bring you up to speed somewhat rapidly, um, uh, part of uh, my testimony is that I've um, seen in the spirit since I was very young. In fact, as far back as I can remember. So I've seen angels, demons, and other spiritual things um, with my eyes, kind of like the way I'm seeing you guys right now, uh, since I was very little. Um, in fact, I wanted to just before we dive into what I wanted to talk about, to take just a moment to share just a little bit of what I saw during worship, if that's okay with you guys. We good? Okay. Cool. Um, so it was neat just because um, I just saw the presence of the Holy Spirit just pouring into the place. And it was the last couple of weeks in during worship, it's been a very similar, it's looked very similar in where it looks like just this kind of thick, dense, billowing cloud is just kind of pouring in, and it's coming in so thick that it's almost like a liquid as it just pours in and fills up the room, and it just looks like we're all about, you know, eye, eye deep in just this this liquid flowing presence that's just made of, of gold and light and, and color, and um, and so as that was happening, I um, I started looking around at the people next to me, and it's very typical when um, when we come into a church service, oftentimes part of worship or the beginning part of worship is I see things on people, and it's just the normal kind of stuff you pick, out, pick up throughout the week. Like sometimes it looks like dust. Sometimes it looks like a little bit of a weight hanging off someone. Just nothing, nothing horrible, but just the normal stuff you pick up throughout the week when you hear you know, challenging news or someone's rude to you or just all, all that normal stuff throughout the week. And... Um, it happens a little bit different every time, but this particular time, as this just presence was just filling the room, it almost looked like when you see um, when you see videos of like certain metals and things being put into like acid and things like that, like it was just like starting to disintegrate, trying to start to soften up. And I just saw all these weights and this dust and this dirt that was on people, just start to like soften up and and loosen and just kind of become malleable. And as we got about halfway through, I just saw these um large angels come in, they started setting these big metal stakes in different parts across the room. And it was interesting because these uh, metal stakes were actually old. They were rusty and 
kind of weathered. They were they were really big. Like the top of them was about like you know the, about as big around as a um, as a manhole cover. Like these really really big tops to them, but they were old and rusty. But as they just sat in the presence, as they sat there standing up, stuck in the ground just a little bit, all of the rust and stuff started to soften up as as well. And then. As we continued in worship, and especially as we started just declaring these different promises, declaring the name of Jesus, I just saw these angels come in with these big hammers, and they were hitting these, these stakes into the ground. And with each hit, it was like more of the rust kind of rattled off. And more of the rust rattled off until it looked like clean metal. And as they hammered again, it actually changed to where it wasn't even, like it looked like just kind of a normal metal, but as they continued to hammer, Rather than being um, like a steel or iron or something like that, it started to change so that the stakes looked like they were made out of gold. And so I asked the Holy Spirit what that was. And I felt like I heard him say, these are the promises I've made over you, individually and corporately. And I feel like part of what I want to talk about today is how the Lord wants to manifest the promises that he has made to you, and how we can partner with him in seeing those things manifested. Does that sound good? Cool. Because it's the only plan I got. <laughs> um, so uh, you don't necessarily need to turn here just because we're going to just touch on one verse here, but this is, this is probably the, the verse that I hear the most quoted when it comes to faith, because it's one of those relatively few examples in the Bible where we just get what feels like a nice little dictionary definition of here's what faith is, you know. It's very convenient. Um, it's just Hebrews 11:1. 1, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Some, um, some versions say it's the substance of things hoped for. Um, the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the proof of what is not seen is also what they say in some versions. And I've always thought that faith was an interesting idea. Um, just because uh, it's this, it's this, can be this challenging thing of, you know, I think I, I remember some movie, they had this phrase like, you know, is it, do you need to see to believe or do you need to believe to see? You know, this, this whole idea. And so as a, as a person who has, you know, seen angels and seen the spirit for the majority of my life, one question I get uh, surprisingly frequently um, is people ask me, like, oh, do you ever have issues with faith or struggle with, with faith? You know, because you're seeing all this stuff. And, you know, inside my head I'm like, I could be crazy and this could just be, you know, not real. I have to have faith that this is God talking to me and showing me things. So, yes, I think I definitely need faith. I usually don't answer that way in a public setting, but you guys are family. So <laughs> just know that if that question is being asked, that's the first thing that I think. Um, so, yes, need tons of faith. But, um, but there's, an, there's this area in my life where I had a really uh, just a, unique personal uh, faith journey, and that's actually around the subject of healing. So I, um, I, I, like I said, I've seen the Spirit my whole life, but when I was 12 years old, we started going to a church that was really active about training people in the gifts of the Spirit, and it was the first time, not only that I had a, a, a clear um, this kind of context for the things that I was experiencing, it was also my first introduction to the prophetic and the idea that we could pray for people and they'd be healed. That was something that would be meant for today. 
And so my church had a, had a real strong, they had a real strong uh, structure for the prophetic. They were really good at training people to, to hear the Lord's voice and um, dove into that right away. But healing was kind of this, this thing that we believed in and would go after, but just kind of would not necessarily see that often. Now, it was interesting because for, from about as long back as I can remember, I mean, every, I remember every single worship service I would go to, I would see something in the spirit. I'd see angels dancing in the presence of the Lord. I would see, um, I would see things like I saw today where the presence of the Holy Spirit was just releasing something on, on groups of people. I would, you know, see all these different things going on. If I looked at an individual, I could usually see their, their personal angel and see what's going on around them. But there were, there were plenty of things where I you know, maybe wouldn't see it so clearly or maybe I would see an angel for the first time and it would just be kind of a vague outline and the next time I'd see it a little bit more clearly and then the next time I'd see it a little bit more clearly. But when it came to healing, I always felt like there was just this big cloud of mystery around it. I remember just a couple specific examples of, you know, one day our, our pastor just felt like they, we were supposed to go after healing. So we um, had people, hey, if you have you know, pain in your body come up right now, and they all just kind of came up to the front over here in a little group, and some people surrounded them and started praying for them. And I remember as we started to pray, I saw these angels come down, and they, were, they had these, um, uh, these you know, big, I could see their wings, I could see what they were wearing, but I could see that they had something in their hands, but whatever was in their hands was just blurry. It was as if, like, you know, uh, over that particular spot of my view, like someone had just smeared Vaseline or something like that. It was all... It was all blurred out. And so I could see that they had something in their hand. I could see that it was maybe about the size of a, you know, like a shovel or something like that. Um, and I could see that they surrounded this group of people that we were praying for. And I saw them hold whatever they were holding and kind of push it forward as we were praying to release healing. But again, I couldn't see what happened at all. It was just blurry. And afterwards, I think one out of the, you know, five or six people that got up reported that they had no more pain in their body. So, that. I remember another time we were praying for healing and we lined people up in a big row. And we were, our pastor went down and laid hands on everyone and the, some of the other leaders laid their hands on everyone and we prayed for them. And I remember seeing this uh, light just come swooshing through and it, and it swept this way and that way, back and forth through this group of people. Now, it, again, I say just a light because it was just this kind of nondescript light. It didn't have any uh, detail to it. I couldn't see if it looked more like fire or more like liquid. It was just kind of this blur of light that just swept back and swept forth. And at the end, two or three out of the several people reported that they were healed. And so every time I, we would pray for healing, I'd see something like that. Like I could see something. I could see that something was happening. But I couldn't get, see any kind of details, and healing was just kind of this thing that happened sometimes and didn't happen other times. Anyone have that experience in their history at all? So me being the kind of person that I am, I'm like, okay, what does this, uh, what does this data, what does this information tell us about how this works? Well, God is good. I'm pretty convinced of that. Um, but healing must just be this kind of delicate thing. You know, it just might be this thing where you have to, everything's just got to be just so, you know. This per, the person's got to be praying the right thing. The person who's receiving prayer has to have, like, everything right in their heart. This is just what I was thinking at the time. Um, and, you know, everything's just got to be just right. You know, maybe someone's 
just maybe someone's going up to pray for healing and they're just trying to get glory or trying to, you know, just see something cool. And maybe that person is, you know, dealing with some issue in their heart and maybe that's why they're not getting healed. They had all these, you know, great ideas for why it might not happen. That was just the only conclusion that I could come to. Healing is just this delicate thing where everything's just got to be just so. Makes sense, right? <laughs> um, so a few years later... Um, a uh, young guy in our church, he's a couple, couple, one or two years older than me, um, uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. And it was, it was pretty aggressive and got pretty challenging pretty fast. Um, and it had a lot of kind of scary moments of rushing to the hospital and doing treatments. And it was one of those kind of situations where he'd start to get better and then get worse and get better and then get worse. And... Um, and I'd have to, just to explain just for a moment about this guy. He was, um, he was one of those guys who was just good. Like, he just loved the Lord, and he wasn't obnoxious about it. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know what I mean. You know, it's that person who, you know, he, he wasn't the person who was showy about how much he loved the Lord. He just did it. You know, it's just who he was. It came naturally out of who he was. He was, he was the kind of person who would be hanging out with his friends and then he would disappear because he'd gone to pray somewhere. You know, didn't tell anyone that he's going there, he just disappeared to go worship and to go pray. And he was just that kind of guy. And he was and he was kind and he was friendly and he had a good sense of humor about his situation. You know, he, he wasn't one to be uh, pitiful about what he was dealing with. And, you know, I remember we'd... Um, I'd go visit this person in the hospital, and he'd be in the middle of getting dialysis, which is not a very pleasant process, just getting, you know, having a machine to help purify his, um, and clean his blood. And I remember he was in there worshiping, and I just saw six or seven angels just in the room with him, just dancing as he worshiped. And, and even, um, just, uh, I saw them, some of them even like, like, almost like praying over the machine, the dialysis machine, as it was, as it was working on him. And I just remember as we would go and we'd pray for this friend of mine, I could just feel my, I could feel this gift of faith. I could feel this ability to believe that this person would be healed, just building in my, in my heart. It was getting bigger and bigger every time that I would pray for him. And, you know, this, this guy had been involved in uh, other ministries around the area. So there was, there were these big ministries and big ministers who were praying for this guy to be healed. Our whole church was just leaning in, contending, praying for this, this guy to be healed. And there was just so much faith, so much belief that we were just, you know, just, just contending for it, just diving in. And I remember this um, d- during a period when he was doing, doing a little bit better, um, my, my family was friends with his family, and so we went camping together. And... We were there just sitting around the campfire one day, and my friend leaned over to me and said, you know, Blake, I, I haven't told you this before, but I've always just really wanted to be able to see in the Spirit. I just really would love to be able to see in the Spirit. Would you pray for me? Um, now, I'll, just as a very quick background to this, I, um, as soon as I realized that what I was experiencing was the result of a gift, I was immediately convinced it was meant to be available for every Christian. Couldn't have given you a good reason back then. I could give you several now at a different time. Um, but 
I was just immediately convinced. As soon as I learned that this was a gift, I just believed this was meant to be available to any Christian who wanted him. Um, now, because of that belief, I would happily pray for anyone to receive an impartation. And up until this point, I'd probably prayed for somewhere around 250 people and gotten, you know, zero results. Um, <laughs> and again, weirdly for me and my personality, that still that didn't really lower my faith at all, just because I was... I, was, I just believed that this was something that was meant to be available for everyone, although I had not seen it once just yet. Um, and so uh, you can imagine that I was feeling, uh, you know, very confident as I got behind my friend who was sitting in those little folding camp chairs, put my hands on his shoulders and said, I release the gift of seeing in the spirit. Well, the second I said that, I saw this um, gigantic pair of hands reach down with a bowl and scoop up something like below the surface of the ground in front of us, lift it up in this big bowl and pour it over my friend and me. And it was full of like this oil and spices and things like that. And I was shocked to discover that my friend saw the exact same thing at the same time that I did. And for the rest of that camping trip, he, we were talking about the angels that we were seeing around the campground and around that area. And... He saw in the spirit for, for the rest of his life, um, which unfortunately wasn't actually very long. Um, it was just a few, a handful of weeks later that we got a call from his dad that um, my friend had passed away. And he told me about how he was singing and worshiping in the ambulance as they were rushing him to the, to the hospital, um, talking about the angels that he was seeing there around him. And so I, I as, as we processed that, that experience and as our church collectively processed that experience, I, I just felt so confused, so, so hurt, so um, just pained because I, I, again, I could feel this gift of faith just that, that didn't even feel like it belonged to me just rise up in me whenever I was around th this guy. I could hear the faith in the other people that were praying, they were contending. I, I knew this guy's character. I knew his heart. I knew what kind of man he was. And even though I had this idea in my head that healing was a delicate thing, that you had to get it just right, that, that the right, people had to pray the right prayer and the person had to be in the right space, I kept running these ideas through my head of, yeah, maybe some of the people who were praying for him had were coming at it from the wrong direction or had something wrong with their heart, but surely not everyone. And I certainly didn't feel like I was coming from a, from a wrong direction whatsoever. And then I thought, well, maybe he had some sort of secret thing going on in his heart. And even though that idea popped in my head, it just didn't resonate with the person I knew him to be. It just didn't make sense. It didn't fit into who, who he was. And... And so I just got stuck in this, well, then why wasn't he healed? Why didn't he get healed? And in this place of just wondering and question, I just came to this conclusion because it was the first one that, I, that fit at all, which was this idea that, well, maybe, maybe there's some greater glory. Maybe there's some great thing that could be accomplished by, by my friend passing away that couldn't be accomplished if he had lived. 
that, that, that maybe even, maybe, you know, me romanticizing this idea in my head, maybe even my friend had agreed to this somehow. Maybe even before the foundations of the earth, the Lord came to him and asked him, would you do this? You know, um, you know I, didn't, I didn't know, of course, but I thought, well, maybe it's just that. Maybe God just wanted to accomplish something. And that's just kind of where I hung out. So a handful of years later, um, the Holy Spirit go, told me to go to this school of ministry called the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. And I said, no, no. <laughs> Those people are weird. <laughs> um, and uh, Bill and Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin and others had come down and spoke at our church, and a lot of our people had gone up to the school of ministry, and so I was pretty aware of uh, what it was like and had been to a couple conferences up there and everything. And I couldn't help but be a little bit suspicious whenever I'd hear all these testimonies. It's like, and then 20 people were healed, and then 40 people were healed, and all these, it's like, ah, there's just so many. It seems like too many. It seems, it just seems like too many. Just, it just does, you know. Um, <laughs> it just seems like a lot, you know. Um, you know, I'm like, these are probably the like, oh, yeah, my back kind of hurts a little bit. And then, you know, I stood up and moved around and, oh, it feels better now, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man of great faith. <laughs> um, and I, again, it just seemed like a lot because healing was a delicate thing. And maybe God wanted to accomplish something by not healing someone sometimes. Right? It's a good hum of dissension. I like that. <laughs> and so after a long story, uh, I ended up going up to this school. And I remember sitting there listening to these people um, talking about a different view of healing than I had. That, that, that God always wanted to heal people and was always ready to heal people. That, that the idea that God would give someone an affliction... Or, or cause, you know, cause someone to have a disease to, to accomplish a goal is behavior that we would consider abusive if, if a earthly parent did, did something like that. And so why would we attribute that to a God that we declare is good? And, um, and I see things in Scripture that I had seen, of course, but had just filed away because they didn't coincide with my practical experience of ah, every person Jesus prayed for got healed, you know, that, that Jesus actually commanded his disciples to go heal the sick, that, that these signs will follow those who believe all of these scriptures that you just had kind of set to the side because they didn't fit. And as I heard all of these, and I heard all of these testimonies of all these people, uh, all these, you know, kind of generals who had, been, who had been fighting this fight of pursuing this gift that they saw as being available because of what Jesus had done. Um, and I started hearing all these testimonies pop up in my friends that were in school with me. That I felt this little bead of hope start to grow again in my heart that maybe God just does always want to heal. Maybe he really does want to do this. And I started having the belief system. I started to make room for that in my heart and in my mind. And so it came to the part of school it's about halfway through where the uh, School of Ministry students were released to be part of the prayer line, just like what we do here, you know, prayer line at the front to, to pray for people to be healed and, you know, whatever else they're needing prayer for. 
And so I got up there my first, my first Sunday, uh, you know, up front, uh, ready to pray for folks. And I remember the first person came up to me. And I hadn't, you know, I'd prayed for people to be heal, healed a little bit in class and in outreach because if they don't, you get in trouble at school. Um, and I, I, you know, I prayed the prayers that they, that they taught me, and this is, but this is the first time I was doing it on the prayer line. So first person comes up, and hey, I have uh, some pain in the top part of my back. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll be, I'll pray. I said, you know, uh, we just release the presence of heaven onto this person's back, and we just release healing. And I said, does it feel any different? I said, no. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, a little more. A little more authority. Uh, in the name of Jesus, pain go. <laughs> does, does it feel any different? No. I'm like, and I closed my eyes real tight so that it looked like I was concentrating. <laughs> when really I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I am out of things that they told us to do. <laughs> And so as I sat there, uh, like, wondering how long I had to do this before I could tell them to go, <laughs> uh, I heard the Holy Spirit say, why aren't you looking in the Spirit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I just felt this jolt of pain in my heart. And I felt so scared to look in the spirit. And we're, we're, we're all different, and the way this happens in us all, looks a little bit different for all of us. But for me, choosing to look in the spirit, to, side, to try to see what the Holy Spirit was wanting to do, to try to see, to look, actually look for how the Holy Spirit wanted to release healing on this person, for me, that was stepping out on the branch and putting, and me investing hope in this person getting healed. That was, that was for me, choosing to put something on the line of, I'm actually taking a risk and hoping this person gets healed right now. And it brought up the pain that I felt because last time I, the last time that I hoped for someone to get healed, it didn't happen. And so I sat there for a moment just, you know, feeling, feeling stuck. But I realized in that moment as I'm just feeling this pain and not wanting to and not wanting to look, not wanting to step out on that ledge, not wanting to do that, just realizing that by not taking, by, by if I chose not to take the risk of my hopes being dashed again, because that's what the risk is, right, is that I, I hope again and they, they get, I get hurt again. But if I, I realized that if I wasn't willing to take that risk, then I was choosing to live with broken hope in my heart. I was choosing to just stay where I was with this broken hope. And yes, I might be risking getting my hope broken again, but by not taking that risk, I was actively choosing to stay in a place of broken hope. So I said, well, all right then. <laughs> um, and so I looked in the spirit, and I saw a kind of vague, smudgy light at the middle of the person's shoulder blades. And immediately, I'm like, uh, blurry thing that I don't understand. I don't know what this is. He told me his back hurt, it hurt you know, so... This, this is not helpful. What is this? What am I supposed to do with this? Man of great faith. Um, and I just heard the Holy Spirit say, ask a question. <laughs> and so I touched the top of this little blob of light, and I drew a little circle around it. 
the, the perimeter of it. And I said, does it hurt here? And they said, yes, it hurts exactly right there. And the pain kind of emanates from that area. Now, the second they said that, the teeniest, tiniest little pip of faith bumped up in my heart of, I got the location right. <laughs> I started with back, and, you know, there's only so many wrong places I could get there. But, <laughs> but it was something. And the second I felt that little pip of hey, faith, it was as if, like, the lenses on my camera completely readjusted. And I saw this, th- this thing became completely clear. And I saw this little clamp around their back. It was this little metal clamp, and it had, like, a turnkey, like you'd use, like, twist a clamp tighter. And it was on their back. And I saw this clamp. It's clamped on their back. It's got a very clear, like, finger-tight, you know, device on the back. And the thought pops in my head, could it really be that easy? And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, yes, it could. (laughs) And so, again, man of great faith that I am, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a prophetic act real quick. I see this. Um, I'm just going to loosen this. I'm going to pantomime, that's what I said. I'm going to pantomime loosening this thing. Um, so that, and we'll just see what happens. And so I reach my hand to where these little keys are, and I, you know, I don't feel anything under my hands. It's not this, you know, I don't feel anything whatsoever. And I just think to myself, well, lefty Lucy. Because <laughs> 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 you don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> you know. <laughs> ah! you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so I just do this motion three times, not touching the person at all. I'm just where the, where the key thing is. I don't feel anything whatsoever underneath my hands, but I see the turnkey turn three times. And I go to the person and I say, how does it feel now? And they said, it's the strangest thing. I felt it loosen, then loosen, then loosen again. And now all the pain is gone. (laughs) And honestly, I was just as surprised as they were. (laughs) And so I, so another person came to me after them, and I prayed for them, and they got healed of what they were dealing with. Another person came to me after that, who had been unable to move, uh, didn't have full range of motion with their, with their fingers and hadn't for, for a while. And as we prayed, the range of motion got further and further and further to where they had just full, full use of their hands. And so several people got healed, one right after the other. And ever since that day, I've, I've prayed for tons of people and I've seen tons of people healed. I've prayed for tons of people and seeing them not get healed. But every single time I've ever seen anyone pray for healing, 100% of the time, I have seen the healing present and available. I didn't see that before. I have seen that since. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I um I remember this one time I was in one of the um the most you know it's interesting because when 
I say that, and people are like, well, you know, well, then why don't people get healed? Well, sometimes I could tell you why, and sometimes I can't. You know, sometimes I can see so much bitterness and unforgiveness and, and anger. I'll, I'll tell you one story. I was praying for this one woman, um, and it was a, in a healing service that was probably about as extravagant as the one that we were in a couple of weeks ago, where just person after person was getting healed. And I was praying for this woman, and she had... Um, uh, fibromyalgia, I think it's called, and she had partial paralysis in her face as well. And as she was explaining to me what the problem was, I think about three times in the conversation, the, the fact that her husband had recently left her for a woman that was half her age came up uh, three times. Uh, um, and I could just hear this bitterness in her voice. Didn't need to see in the spirit to, to, to know that. And there was this angel standing next to her, and it had green fire in its hand. And as I said, all right, let's, let's pray for this to go. And I said, you know, Jesus, we just release heat, your healing on this. And the angel extended its hand. But as soon as the hand got within uh, an inch or two of the woman, the flame extinguished. And the angel pulled its hand away, and the flame reignited the second its, its hand pulled away. We prayed again. The angel reached his hand forward. The flame extinguished just as it got to the woman. Pulled my, pulled her, my, uh, the angel pulled his hand away and it reignited. And after the third time, the angel started to cry. And, uh, <laughs> I, and so I said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about maybe like uh, asking the Lord what it looked like to forgive your husband? <laughs> Which was apparently the wrong question. <laughs> um, <laughs> she got very upset and you know, forgive, what's there to forgive? I don't even know how to forgive that. And just kind of went into this, this whole thing of basically no. And the angel still crying said, he would provide for that miracle too, if you let him. So sometimes I could tell you why someone's, someone's not getting healed, but sometimes I couldn't. I remember this one healing meeting that I was in. It's one of the most significant ones I've ever been in. I think 150 people got healed out of this one meeting. And I had just seen what is currently the, the most extreme miracle I've ever seen, where this woman had been in a ba bus accident. There were hundred piece, hundreds of pieces of glass that had been embedded in her face. Um, and you could tell by looking at her, the plastic surgeons had just kind of done their best to work around the damage that had been done in this accident. And there, there were dozens and dozens of pieces of glass that they hadn't been able to get out because it was just in places they couldn't, couldn't get to without causing more damage. And so we're praying, and as we're praying, pieces of glass start falling into this woman's hands as we're, as just me and a couple other students are praying. And there was about a half dozen pieces of glass in her hand by the end of it. And her face literally started to shrink and sh just slowly change shape to where she looked like a totally different person at the end of the meeting. It was, it was amazing. Most extreme miracle I've seen in a uh, face-to-face. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and immediately after that, you know, after, after that, I'm like, who's next? You know, let's, let's rah, let's go, you know, who's just line them up, you know. And I go to this lady, and she has pain in her back. I'm like, piece of cake, you know, let's get this on the way to the next person, you know. I'm, <laughs> and, I, and again, not confidence in myself, just like the Holy Spirit's here to heal people. Like this is, you know, whatever it is, it's not a problem. And I, pray, I prayed for 20 minutes with this woman, and nothing changed. And I'm looking, I don't see a single thing that would be, that would be causing any kind of interruption or, or, or um, you know, 
impediment to what the Holy Spirit's doing. There's an angel here who looks excited. I just see so much faith emanating out of this woman. I'm feeling as much faith as I've probably felt in my entire life for healing. Again, nothing happens. Sometimes I could tell you why. Sometimes I couldn't tell you why. This other time I was, I was leading this trip with a couple students, and it was going horribly. Um, I, I, this place I was ministering was like the intercession group of a friend of a friend, so they didn't really know me, and I didn't really know them. And so we didn't have like this natural rapport or anything like that. And so, and I had a horrible migraine that day, so I had this terrible headache. And I'm teaching my thing. Half the people aren't paying attention. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be here. You don't seem like you want to be here, you know. And so I'm just wrapping it up, ready to be done. And I just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit enter the room to release healing on people. And, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> But I knew that I would regret dis- disobeying the, the, his presence more than I would uh, getting to bed a few minutes earlier. So I said, all right, let's pray for people to be healed of stuff. And, um, and people come up to the front, and this dude comes rolling up to me. He's a big old boy, and he <laughs> comes up to me. He's got this big, old, dirty back brace on his back. And he said, I've had horrible pain in my back for, you know, 15, 20 years. And, you know, all the medication and stuff doesn't do anything to the pain anymore, you know. And he's like, I can hardly bend over. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And the guy's breath smells extravagant. Um, And and my head is pounding. And he's telling me this long story about how he can't pick up the remote when he drops it. And and I the meeting has already gone poorly, and I'm like, okay, hey, and I interrupt in the middle of the story. How about we pray? And I reach my hand towards this guy's back. The thought in my mind as I'm reaching my hand is, this ain't happening. Man of great faith. I get five inches away from his back, and the guy goes, Whoa, wow, oh my goodness, he whips the back brace off. He bends all the way down and touches his toes, which I can't actually do. He (laughs) whips all the way back in this huge back bend, and he whips back up. He's like, oh my goodness, all the pain's gone. I can't even believe, I can't remember the last time. What'd you do? And I said, nothing. (laughs) I did not do anything. (laughs) Uh, your faith has made you well. <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> so it seems like it shouldn't have happened that time, right? Um, there's still so much mystery with regarding to healing. There's still situations in my life. I, I, I still don't know why my friend died. And why someone else would get healed of something that was similar or something that was just severe. But what I do know is that as I have made myself willing to engage with the Lord, regardless of the presence of mysteries, even painful mysteries, that I have seen the manifestation of the God that I hoped he would be time and time and time again. And I I feel like what the Lord was asking me to share today 
is to remember that those those the the meeting that we had a couple of weeks ago that wasn't that wasn't a special meeting <laughs> that wasn't a special sunday that's that's the natural manifestation of the king of kings who paid the highest price that he could so that he would have access to the darkest places of our lives <laughs> That is the king of kings who paid a price so that he could enter the darkest places of our lives and bring his presence there. That is the normal thing that happens when that kind of God is in the room. That and many, many, many other things. And what I, what I felt like I wanted to do just to end today is um, the stakes that the angels were laying in the ground are about foot or so from going all the way in. And I just, um, I wanted to invite you guys, this, this is kind of a challenging one to stand up for. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to make you do anything other than stand up, it's just for your fair warning. Um, but uh, I'm going to list a couple things and then I want you to all stand up at once if this is you. Um, if, and again, sometimes the negative effect of an amazing, positive, miracle-oriented environment is when our experience is different than what the declared norm is, we can, the, the enemy has kind of an open door to throw some shame at us, to say, well, then what's wrong with you? Or, or when we're having these thoughts, when we're having the kind of thoughts that, as you kind of heard from some of my stories, that I sometimes have a lot of, what if this doesn't happen? Or, or I want to jump to these different conclusions because of my experience. We can, shame can cause us to want us to retreat, to hide those from people who, for, for various reasons, it's funny because I've heard all kinds of different lies that people hear of like, oh, I don't want to hurt their faith, and oh, I don't want to be a party pooper, oh, I, you know, I, oh, they're just going to say this, I already know what they're going to say, you know, <laughs> it's a wonderful lie. Um, that really what it is, is it's all rooted in this idea that we're, we're scared to hope again, we're scared to put, to take that step forward because part of taking that step forward is recognizing I was super hurt by that, by what happened or by what didn't happen. So uh, I'm going to list a couple different kinds of people, and I want you all to stand up afterwards. Is if you were during our amazing, awesome, super fun, exciting healing service that we had a couple of weeks ago, if you walked away feeling hopelessness or feeling a lie or feeling, hey this many people were healed and I wasn't. If any, any version of that was there, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. Um, if you're having an attack against your faith right now, what does that look like to me? There's, there's two ways, where there's a bunch of questions and lies coming at me, or there's this fear of stepping forth onto the things that I believe and stepping out on the things I believe, especially with regard to healing. But if it's Faith in God's goodness, faith in God's existence, any of those things. I don't want shame to cause us to walk away with our questions rather than walking towards him with our questions. It's a lie that faith is I never have any questions. <laughs> faith is which direction am I bringing those questions. Faith is who am I bringing those questions to. Faith is... I, know, I believe that you're this, but I'm still experiencing a lot of this, or I'm still experiencing this. Faith is not denial. <laughs> it's just be belief in a superior truth to our experience. Does that make sense? 
So if you're any of those things, if, la- if a couple of weeks ago you walked away feeling a sense of hopelessness or feeling wh- like, why wasn't I healed? Or if, you are dis- if you're in a season or in an experience of having struggles with your faith, either in specific areas of God's goodness or God's nature, or just struggles with the idea of God in general, I just want you to stand up real quick. Again, I know it's a hard one. I know that, that shame tries to tell us, like, yeah, clap for him. That's awesome. It's awesome. Because faith is a gift. Faith is something that God gives us. It's not us clenching our teeth. It's not us working up our ability. It's something that we receive. I received it when I was praying for my friend and I experienced disappointment that made me not want to pick up that gift again. But I received that gift again when I came into an environment that carried that gift. And I chose to pick it up again and take a risk with it. It's, it's a gift that we choose to pick up. And it's a gift that the Lord is willing to talk us through and walk us through. The difference is whether we're walking towards him with it or we're walking away with him with it. And I am proud of every single one of you because by standing up, you're saying, I'm walking towards him with these things. And so if you're, if you're near one of these people, just reach your hand towards them. First and foremost, Lord, I just release a revelation of love onto every single one of these people. That they would just experience the loving kindness of the Lord. That, that, they would be, that, you know, that, that grace of love would cover the immense challenge of being in the middle of an environment where breakthrough is happening, where freedom is happening, where, where, where people are being set free and they're not yet experiencing freedom themselves. They're not yet experiencing healing themselves. I just release an environment that loves them and a Lord that loves them right where they're at. In Jesus' name. But in that, Lord, I just release the grace for hope to grow again. I release that voice that invites us to do something scary, that invites us to trust, that invites us to take a risk, that invites us to bring a question to him to, instead of away from him. And I just ask, Lord, for those moments. I release encounters with a living God, encounters with a living God. We all need a, a boatload of encounters behind us and ahead of us. It's not something that happens once or twice. It's not hap- something that happens that one time when I was really pursuing God. It is, it is a lifestyle that we need of encounter with God. And I release a lifestyle of encounter. I release the ability to hope, the ability to trust, the gift of faith, the gift of faith, and the, the will and the desire to pick it up, to choose to receive that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.